Nosy Nancy's is a true crime podcast based in Austin, Texas. If you are sensitive to any of the trigger words, this is not the podcast for you. Due to its graphic nature, listener discretion is advised. Hey, all you nosies, I'm Aliqua. And I'm Jasmine, and welcome to episode one, season two, Nosy Nancy's and the Lone Star Cold Cases. Yeah, we decided we're going to start naming them by season because we want to look more professional. So hopefully you'll think it's very professional of us and <laughs> applaud Aliqua because it was her idea. Whatever. We already know. I'm not fooling nobody. That you're not professional? What? Are you kidding? Do you know what my car has on the air caps right now? Oh, Penis. yes. Penises. <laughs> I, saw, <laughs> I saw that. Do you think professional podcasters drive around with little plastic penises on their on their tires? I don't think so. Well, I remember when you had the Geo Metro, you wrote sexual after the Metro. Do you remember your little Geo Metro? Yeah. That was so I cute. I love that little thing. I got, literally, I got like 45 miles to the gallon. I'm not joking. It was amazing. I want it one. It was. It w I know. And what was so awesome about that particular one, too, it was a four-door, which like most Geometros weren't four doors. Like all the ones I've seen were like two doors. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it had like a cute little hatchback. Yeah, it oh. had the little hatchback. It was so yeah. cute. I don't know why I ever sold it. I don't also, know. What was crazy about that its little computer was like malfunctioning so i had to like i had to manually like like shift it from first to second or something even though it was an automatic i know it was a little scary but honestly it was super cute like i wanted one so bad i did write sexual under metro and yeah. you know what it's probably still on it today it probably is did anybody else notice if you didn't point it out probably i People think so you. because I I used to, well, it was on the sides, and I used to get, like, honks, like, people would honk at me, uh -huh. and it could be because I was a terrible driver, but I really think it's because, you know, they probably thought I was a genius, and were like, honk, honk, you're a genius, and I was like, ah, I know, right? Like, oh, they loved me, the wind blowing through my hair, going 45 miles an hour, because that's as fast as it would go, um, <laughs> but really, they're just honking at me, because it can only go 45 miles on the highway. <laughs> I have a sticker on the back of my car that says, I love cats, but the cat's pink, so it's open to interpretation. But nobody, like, honks at me or oh. mentions it to me or... That is open for interpretation. Yeah, but it means I love cats to me. You so. know what I wish? Um, if I had three wishes, my number one <laughs> wish would be to be asexual. 95% of my problems yeah. would be non-existent if i just did not care about men no and their devil magic their you know? devil magic so there's like been nothing going on with the ladybird lake killings at all like, yeah because they're terrified that we we gave so much coverage and now everybody knows the the scoop 
Listen, call me egotistical, but I think so. <laughs> I think we <laughs> saved Austin from I think drowning. So too. Where's our raise for that? Yeah, you know? go Where's ahead our, and get a certificate or something. Yeah, maybe even a little. I would. You know what? I'd be okay with a whistle. Ah, oh, that'd be cool. Whistle. No, yeah, that'd be so cute. Yeah. So now when people are honking at me because I have penises on my hubcaps, I can just whistle back at them and say, this is a legitimate police, police whistle. whistle and please don't fuck with me. Yeah, exactly. Austin's doing good. Good. Um, as far as that goes, it's not doing good with the missing people. Like there's been a plethora of missing people in, in Pflugerville out of... Of all places. Yeah, is... I have seen that. Yeah. And Fliegerville's pretty bizarre. small. Yeah, compared it? to... Compared well, to I Austin, Pfluger... for sure. Well, Fliegerville, I think, is considered, like, the Austin metropolitan area. So uh, I guess... Yeah, it... yeah. So it might get lumped in with Austin. But yeah, I mean, comparatively, it's small, I would say. But there's been a rash of, like, of missing teens and um women in Fliegerville it's bizarre I but feel, what I feel like we've posted some of those since the break haven't we yeah I've been trying to post a little bit about it um I've been super busy I don't know if you saw on Facebook but I I went with the lady who runs um the awesome missing persons group uh -huh. on Facebook. Yeah. Margolin is her name. Yeah. I've been, I went on a little underwater excursion. Oh, and also, nice. Also with a, another guy named Jason who, um, has his own like little side project. He's like a, um, a retired law enforcement officer and he has these two underwater drones. Okay. Yeah, and he, like, puts them underwater on your little phone. You can see, like, the video of, of like... What's going on under the water? Y yeah. And there wasn't a lot. There was just a, mainly a just lot seaweed, of nothing. But Interesting. A lot of nothing. <laughs> yeah. But he's, like, he's gone to, like, other states and found, like, cars that have been underwater of, of people that have been missing for years. Oh, really? You know, and, like... Yeah, yeah. So he does a lot of good. Um, so if anybody's interested or has a loved one that's been missing or if they have a hunch about something, like y'all can get in touch with us at our email and I'll get in touch with Jason or I'll send Jason your way. So we should probably talk about what's going to happen this season. Um, so we took a really long time coming up with this season's topic and we did run through some topics that I think we'll be maybe saving or revisiting for later seasons. Yeah, for sure. But this season we are covering um, just cold cases, unsolved mysteries in the Lone Star State. I'm going to be Ooh, having gotta, mine be Austin focused. We do have to be careful because I do live in the city, so you know we can't we can't necessarily talk about what we really want to talk about or what we've learned. Um, being on this podcast has has opened up a lot of opportunities for me personally. You know, people whose whose loved ones have have gone missing, and people who have had 
insane things happen to them that I just we just cannot talk about right uh, publicly. So maybe in the future when we have I can move out of the city, like then maybe <laughs> maybe we can talk you know more about that kind of stuff. But as of right now, like we have to kind of keep it under wraps. You know, under wraps. Also have a special guest every month for this season um, named Amanda. And and actually, probably, I think her partner is going to be coming on with her, too. Oh, okay. Excellent. I thought she was someone else. <laughs> and, I, and I kicked her out of the group. Oh, my God. So, Amanda, felt, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I felt so bad because that's totally my fault. Because I was like, oh, my God. If this person or this person tries to join, it kicked them immediately. Yeah. To your benefit. One of the ladies I said, don't let in, did start with the same first letter of their name. So I, feel <laughs> I was like, they look maybe alike, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And and the name's good enough. So booter. <laughs> <laughs> that's our special guest. Yeah. Season. <laughs> so sorry, but, Amanda. You know. Love you so much. <laughs> yeah. Let me go ahead and tell you about the case I'm covering. I am covering the cold case for Grace Chin. Um, Grace is not her first name. She did come to Austin from China and her first name, I have no idea how to say it and I don't want to butcher it, but she was known as Grace. Not a lot is really kind of known about her early life. In China, um, she moved to the United States where she made a living teaching Chinese. Um, she moved to Austin and in 2009, she opened up the Grace Language and Cultural Institute that was located in the Galleria Oaks Shopping Center. So she was like kind of like a public, I mean, she was kind of a big deal. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, she did. I mean, she got here and she made her way and she did a great job. And I'm sure all of that was, I'm I'm sure a real struggle. But everybody like, she was very involved in um, the Chinese community. Everybody loved her. Everybody said she was a great teacher, a wonderful person. God. Jasmine, what are we doing with our lives? I know. Everybody. Uh, you know, everybody, they say, like, oh, yeah, they really lit up the room. I make the lights flicker when I come in the room. Yeah, when I enter the room, people turn off the lights. <laughs> <laughs> Just so unexpected and so not true. <laughs> No, it's true. They're more like, oh, yeah, I'll, we'll call you. Yeah, yeah, sure, we'll call you. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> um, Grace. <laughs> so, so Grace was a joy to be around. She was. She, she was a real, she was a real gem. She graced everyone with her presence. Yes. Basically is what yes. you're saying. Exactly. Aww. So on February 19th, 2014, Grace was found asphyxiated. Say that word three times in a row. Oh, shit, I can't even say it once. Asphyxiated. 
uh, in a it, what was described as a common area bathroom in the Galleria Oaks Shopping Center, but the bathroom was only accessible to businesses, um, but not customers, from what I understand. It was a common area bathroom for people who had businesses around there. She okay. was last seen uh, teaching, well, she was last seen in her teaching center, which was <laughs> on the second floor of the shopping center. Now, this is where it gets a little um, questionable because multiple sources say that her husband is the one who found her. But I did see uh, that other sources say that someone else who worked at the found Galleria found her. Um, hmm. But if her husband is the one who found her then that really brings up um, some very good points later on. Yeah. So um, police believed that she was murdered about two hours before she was found. The call came in to them reporting a woman murdered in the bathroom at around 3.30 p.m. on February 19th. And her death was ruled a homicide, but... Police won't confirm whether or not strangulation was the cause. They just say that it's the asphyxiation. <laughs> asphyxiation. Um, wait, 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 wait. So that means, okay, so if she was found at 3.30 p.m., that mm -hmm. means that he was probably killed around 1.30, which is basically right. around lunchtime. Yeah, and she so was... She was found in one of the stalls also. So Ooh. I neglected to mention that she was found allegedly by her husband or someone else, I guess, in one of the stalls in the bathroom. So uh, a lot of um, details haven't been released since it is a cold case. We don't know. Was the door closed? Like, was she, was the door open? We don't really know. I mean... Uh, well, like, I want to know is that when they say that this bathroom is, isn't accessible, but to like patrons, mm -hmm. does that mean that you have to have a key or is it, I would assume, or is it maybe, I would assume it's either it, a under lock and key or, or you have to have like a key card or something to get in there. Right. Or maybe it's like back behind, like, cause I know in some, like if, like at the mall, for instance, mm -hmm. there's like, there's like back there's like little alleyways kind of back behind shops sometimes. Right. Like, but like inside, not like outside, like an alleyway inside mm. that you can like, you know, Get you into. can go out and then, yeah. And I'm wondering if maybe there's bathrooms back there or, you know, or what? Cause that, that, that's pretty interesting. Cause if it's not under lock and key, uh -huh. I mean, you can't really control who can go, in, you know, people can slip back there all the yeah, time. That's true. Well, this know? also was on, on the second floor of the Galleria. Oh, that's true. So, yeah, it probably was under a lock and key or something like that. Lock and like key that. or something. Yeah, or like, you're right, like a badge or whatever. Yeah, something, some kind of... Huh. So that it was somebody that, like, worked there or you know yeah or knew about it right exactly least. exactly so that kind of you would think it would narrow down like the list of the suspects 
Um, right. But, but I mean, you never know. You never you know? know. I mean, you really truly right. don't. Mm -mm. Um, so with the investigation, there really isn't a lot of publicity available with like the information uh, regarding the actual investigation. Initially, there were absolutely no leads, but it is a case that's actively still being worked. As of 2017, detectives um, assigned to the case did say that they're confident that it is um, still solvable. There are okay. still tips coming in and leads are being followed. They say that there's definitely been some good leads and that they think that they could definitely bring this one to a resolution. It's only a matter of time. They don't have any large breaks, but there is enough to work with that they could eventually get it solved they believe i mean i'm not trying to like <laughs> say anything but statistically it's usually the husband yeah well um there hasn't been uh any public news regarding the case since that statement was made in 2017 but Grace's mm -hmm. son, Jackie, reached out to the public in 2020, just pretty much begging anybody with any sort of information to come forward um, and said basically that the the case might be cold, but that hope's not lost on it. So yeah, now, for sure. <clears throat> yeah. So I'm going to get into the theories. Which oh, yes. There is three three theories. Okay. So the main theory and the one that I think everybody believes and you'll find out why is that the husband did it. Right. Which it makes sense if the bathroom was under lock and key or you had to have some sort of badge. How the hell did he get in there? You know, I don't think right. that he was super involved in, in, uh, her school or if he had a he did have a business but I don't know if it was out of the Galleria and that's probably something that I should have looked up and I didn't so well, <laughs> I mean I can look it up I real mean, quick we don't get paid for this so you're not in, yeah in, so you know so you're not in in danger of losing your job yeah. basically <laughs> okay <It's> okay <laughs> okay so, obviously, uh, that was something that I should have looked into, and I didn't. But investigators did publicly state that her husband was a person of interest. A year after Grace's murder, he was arrested on art theft charges totaling around $100,000. He was arrested for... <gasps> High <laughs> for high dollar art theft. Oh, this is some fucking Ocean's Eleven bullshit, is what this is. I know. Um, wow. And I guess because he moved from New York to Texas, the charges were considered federal. Ooh, oh. So fucked up. I know. So the speculation is that this crime which took place a year later, but just connections to him doing this type of thing 
um, somehow led to Grace's murder, either at the hands of, of the husband himself or a disgruntled art dealer or buyer or whatever. Um, he was sentenced to a two month stint in federal prison. Uh, Are you joking? Yeah, for interstate two, two months. months, two months for interstate sale of stolen property. So, according to a federal complaint, he worked for an art company in New York from 2001 to September of 2009 before he quit and moved to Texas. Um, he sold some of the stolen paintings on eBay through the name Grace <gasps> Fine Art Institute in Austin. <gasps> Shut up. He was using her name. I know. I know it. It's ridiculous. This guy. No, that's not. That's not a good guy. So he began his sentence on July 6th and he was released September the 2nd. <gasps> God, that uh, blows my mind. That, like, literally, that's fraud. That he yeah. just he just committed fraud, and people go to prison. I know I said this last season, but literally, people go to prison for pot for 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 years. Yeah, for there's still people in there for life for pot. Yeah, yeah, crazy. So, yeah, so he was um, released. And ordered to serve three years on a supervised release and pay $84,000 in restitution. Public records do show that he petitioned a judge to travel to China to get married shortly after his release, but that that request was denied. And investigators, last we heard, can't confirm his whereabouts. Um... So the second theory is that the murder, which you can never tell now how true or not true this might be, but the second theory is that the murder might have been related to the school that possibly like a student of Grace's like became infatuated with her and their behavior escalated or, you know, something oh. along those lines of um, just fatal attraction type of thing. So, uh, this theory is totally just speculation. There's no evidence, um, of anything like that happening or any kind of testimony that suggested that any of the students felt that way about Grace or that they were interested no, in but her. I mean, but, I mean... I'm, that's, that's a crime of passion. I mean, I, yeah. I feel like being murdered in a stall from asphyxiation is like is kind of like a passionate thing yeah no i would agree with you i would think so you know but you know something like a strangulation like that does take a really long time and you have to have a significant amount of pressure i mean it doesn't say whether or not it was strangulation strangulation right i'm assuming that it's a strangulation unless the only other thing i would think it could be is like wrapping something around her throat and yeah her. or like stuffing something in her mouth and she can't yeah. breathe um and the third theory is kind of a two-parter and just something that's gonna come with i think any unsolved murder and especially um the second part of it just being um cultural differences right. which is just crime of opportunity and or just hate crime 
you know, like maybe they wanted to rob her, you know, and then um, obviously being so involved in the Chinese community, that could have also been a motive. Yeah, and you would have to question like how somebody would have gotten back there. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like if, if it was just somebody that wanted to rob her, you would think too, if you if you are planning on robbing somebody, yeah. you would have some kind of like knife or a weapon. Right. And stra- strangulation seems kind of odd for yeah. like... No, I agree with that. I agree with that. For like robbing. But I, what do I know? I've never robbed anybody except for their hearts. Exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> if you or anyone you know have any information regarding the murder of Grace Chin, APD is asking that you contact them at 512-742-TIPS. So that uh, they can get her friends and family some answers and bring her murderer to justice. I hope somebody hears this and, and you know, somebody has a tip on what had happened. Because that's got to be so hard for her. I'm assuming her family's back in China still. You know I, what I mean? Yeah. I th- I believe that her son travels to and from, but I'm, I might be wrong, but her son did reach out to the public and, and ask, you know, for any help and gave right. like heartbreaking stories about how he had attended a wedding and he saw like them dancing with their parents. And he was like, well, I'm never going to have that. You know what I mean? So, oh God, that's sad. So my cold case comes from Dallas, Texas. It's the case of Carolyn Montgomery. And I'm going to go ahead and read it out to you because, you know, I'm bad at ad-libbing. Okay. So, um, on the morning of August 8th, 1971, 28-year-old single mother Carolyn Montgomery was stabbed to death in her tiny two-bedroom apartment that she shared with her six-year-old son, Daquan, and her roommate, another cocktail waitress, Carolyn worked for at the Willow Creek Country Club in North Dallas. Carolyn had recently separated from Daquan's father, and as a, as a newly single mother, Carolyn oftentimes would leave six-year-old Daquan home alone while she picked up extra shifts, often working nights at the country club. Damn. I mean, this is back in the 70s, like... Yeah, I suppose people, that was allowed back then. Yeah, my brother fell out of so many cars. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Didn't phase him. (laughs) He's just like, whatever. Um, On the night of August 7th, 1971, Carolyn was working and her roommate was out of town visiting her parents in Marshall, Texas. So six-year-old Daquan put himself to bed in the room he shared with his mother and fell fast asleep. Police estimated sometime after 1.30 a.m. on the morning of August 8th, Shortly after returning from home from her shift at the country club, Carolyn was brutally murdered in the living room feet away from where Daquan slept. Jesus Christ. Could you imagine? I literally couldn't. Oh my Mm -mm. God. That's horrifying. Well, he slept through it. He was probably worried about that the whole time. Yeah. Oh God. What if my son wakes up? You know what I mean? God. Oh, I know. I know. That's awful. I know. At around 445 a.m., the Sunday newspaper was delivered to the door of the apartment. When Daquan woke up around 830 later that morning, the newspaper had been brought in. Uh. 
<laughs> I yeah. like that. Wee woo. Daquan recalls waking up and seeing his mother laying on the floor of the living room with a sheet <sighs> covering her body. God. There was a blanket and everything else, said Daquan Montgomery. I thought, she's sleeping on the floor, so I went out to play. I mean, the guy's six years old. Like, he, yeah, he, just he doesn't understand. know what's going on. Uh-uh. After spending an undetermined amount of time riding his bicycle around the neighborhood, Daquan went back to their apartment to find his mother still in the same position on the floor. Now, thinking something could be terribly wrong... Six-year-old Daquan Montgomery pulled back the sheet that covered his mother's body and without fully understanding what he was looking at, went to find help for his na- from his neighbor. His neighbor, an unidentified man, they never said his name, didn't know the severity of the situation at the M- Montgomery apartment and sent a girl around the same age as Daquan oh, to check on Carolyn. No, that's yeah. horrible. Yeah. Yeah, could you imagine, like, the guilt he probably that guy probably has like i would be so feel so bad if i sent two six-year-olds basically yeah, to go i think look. this girl was Ugh. actually i think she was actually five so <gasps> my god yeah i know um the neighbor girl they never they never specified i could never find any information if like this was his daughter or his stepdaughter or just a girl that happened to be hanging around around. yeah or if like maybe she was a neighbor of his maybe a neighbor of his or i don't know because it's an apartment complex right um the neighbor girl pulled the sheet covering carolyn's body and discovered a nine inch butcher knife protruding from carolyn's neck the two went back to the neighbor and told him what they discovered and he immediately called the police when the police arrived, they discovered Carolyn's body on the floor, face up, and arms stretch out beside her. Along with the stab wound on her throat, Carolyn had also been stabbed by a smaller peering knife in her abdomen where it remained at the time of her discovery. My God. Could you, could you imagine that, like, as a child? Like, right. Like, seeing that? Oh, God. Like, from anybody, Uh, but let alone, like, your parent who you've spent the entire night, like, laying next to, as far as you know. And for there um, to be two different knives. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? Um, One of her breasts had almost been completely severed, and she had bite marks all over her body. Oh, my God. Carolyn had been stabbed repeatedly at least at least 10 times. Um, bruising on her arm suggested she fought back. She was also nude from the waist down. Most of her clothes were found scattered around her body, but her shorts were found underneath her, indicating that they were cut off with a sharp object while she was still wearing them. Carolyn's body was also wiped clean of of any blood and the murderer took the time to cover her body that to me sounds like this is somebody who knew her yeah well that to me sounds like it was somebody who that's definitely like a crime of passion you know and and it's something that like it takes a lot of infatuation and like heavily romantic feelings to attack someone's body 
in that mm-hmm. way. So, and she was a cocktail waitress, right? So there's no yeah. telling like how many, you know, men, I mean, or women, I don't want to like single out any possibilities, but there's no tell, but primarily, you know, I mean, if, if, well, uh, like statistically, yeah, statistically like <clears throat> women, women are murdered who by have- men. Well, no, statistically, women who murder do it slowly and they yeah. don't, because they don't want to see it, yeah, right? exactly. Where men, men do it more violently. So, I mean, I, yeah, I would say this is probably done by a man. By a man, right. And, yeah. I mean, definitely, like, it seems that way. It seems like somebody that she maybe was working with or, set, like, a regular of hers or something, yeah. you know, probably followed her home if she like spurred his advances so neighbors did confirm that they saw her entering her apartment around 2 2 Mm a.m so i mean it could have yeah yeah alone so it could have easily been somebody that had just followed her you know and waited from the bar right right um i don't know if daquan kept the door locked i mean at six years old i don't know i don't know if the person I don't know if somebody was already in the apartment when she got home. Right. Um. You would you would think that Daquan would have woken up, but he's six. Like you know what I mean? Or something. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it, but usually, you know, something would have happened to him if it was just like, you know. Yeah. Um, if it was just like to eliminate witnesses or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe a person doesn't know her because maybe. They didn't know about Daquan. If somebody knew her intimately, they would mm-hmm. know that she had a six-year-old son that lived with her. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? That's what makes if, it all the more all the more likely to me that it's just somebody who, like, followed her home, you know, and know. wasn't aware of what was going on in her household. Well, listen to this, Jasmine. Just listen to this. Okay. The rest of the apartment showed no signs of a struggle except for her roommate's room, which had been ransacked. Other than the drawers being pulled open and things being thrown around the roommate's room, there were no signs of forced entry and the attack didn't register enough sound to wake up Daquan or any of the neighbors. Police found a note on a chair not far from Carolyn's body saying, the wrong one, I'm sorry, scratched into the cardboard backing of an 8 by 10 photograph. So... So what if they so meant to attack it, the roommate at the the whole time? I mean, that's what it seems like. But what if but also what if they just did that to throw off the police? I don't know, because like they knew what room to go to. If right. they were just ransacking any room or just like like, why didn't they pick the one where Daquan was? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's true. Handwriting analysis wouldn't be able to determine any findings because a note wasn't written in pen or pencil, but rather it was carved into the cardboard using a sharp object. That would have taken forever. Yeah, it really would have. And also, like, I saw a picture of this and maybe I'll 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 post it when we when we post the uh, the update or whatever uh-huh. for the podcast. The word sorry is under underlined like several, I think like three, two or three times. Whoever did it, like, like went over each letter a, a couple times, you know what I mean? Right. So he, you know, he, they sat there and like 
and like made it. It it was it was um, intentional. That's right. for sure. Yeah. Uh, Carolyn's case was given to the Dallas Murder Squad, where three detectives were assigned to her case full time. One of the detectives referred to Carolyn's murder as one of the most gruesome he had ever seen and also stated that the note left at the crime scene could have indicated Carolyn's roommate was the actual target, along with the ransacking of her room. This would seem most obvious. However, he also speculated that it could also be staged in order to throw the detectives off the trail. Many people were questioned during the investigation into Carolyn's murder, but all were accounted for the night of her death. Hmm. Along with Daquan's father, Carolyn's estranged husband, a couple who knew Carolyn's roommate were also questioned. The roommate had an ongoing affair with the man in the couple and the woman had recently found out. Wow. Yeah. They were both ultimately cleared, however. At the time of Carolyn Montgomery's murder, there was a slew of murders in the Dallas area that were later dubbed Bizarre Lust Murders. Although some were solved, many remained unsolved and possessed similarities to that of Carolyn's case. Did Carolyn Montgomery know her murderer? Or was she a victim of an unknown serial killer lurking in the Dallas area in the 70s? Carolyn's case remains unsolved. I would be I, very interested to know, like, what leads they have come across since the time of whatever articles you right. looked at for the source. Like, what well, all are they doing? Well, the problem is with Carolyn's case is that a lot of the evidence was destroyed because... Um, because the killer like wiped away the blood, right? Right. Um, but also they just didn't know that. I mean, you got you had that two technology kids that, was like, going to be, yeah, yeah and, and, te- and technology and the fact that two kids came to the crime scene before yeah. anybody else. You know, right, right. So like they, you know, and they touched, they like touched the sheets, and they, you know, who knows if he, you know, if he accidentally stepped on her or whatever. Right. So. A lot of the evidence has been destroyed, um, but I'm not sure what they're doing. I mean, it's it's been in the cold case files. Now, there has been a couple of podcasts that have, have covered this case, which I thought I was like, wow, I found a gem. Does anybody know about this? Because I never knew about it. I had never but heard no, of it. Yeah, no, I haven't either. But And I didn't even know anything about a serial killer in the Dallas area in the seventies either. Yeah, I've no I've never heard that. But I mean it makes sense, I guess. Dallas is big, but yeah, yeah, I've never heard that. Here's something else too, is that her apartment it was really close to the Love Field um airport. airport. Yeah, which at the time was like the only airport in Dallas. So it could have been any, I mean, like, literally, it could have been anybody. It could have been, you know, she worked in odd hours. She could have gotten home. Somebody could have been walking by and just, and just some fucking pervert could have just saw her and thought, hey, here's an opportunity. That would make sense since he didn't know about Daquan or like, you know, because I, I think if somebody knew there was a possibility that they could have been caught by a child. Yeah. 
you know, a one, they probably wouldn't have have gone after her or two, they would have killed him too. Yeah, no, you know I what agree. I, mean? I agree. It could be a possibility that this was just somebody who who had no connection to her and maybe she looked like somebody that this person loved or or had some kind of weird relationship with like with ed gein or not ed gein well yeah ed gein and his mother or ed Mm -hmm. kemper and his mother you know what i mean yeah um she she was a small woman she was under five foot and she was she was tiny um it's a sad it's a sad case because you know they his he was basically he he was raised without his mom the Dallas Police Department is asking anybody who knows anything about Carolyn's murder to please come forward. Um, and you can contact them at 214-671-3661. Um, callers who wish to remain anonymous may call Crime Stoppers. It's time for her to get justice. Definitely. It's time for her son to, to know the reason why. This, yeah, this is that's... a lot heavier than than uh than what we did before that's yeah, for sure definitely uh um, okay i know i know <laughs> i know we're like <laughs> yeah this will be this will be easy wrong god damn what a hell well, of I... a first episode <laughs> of the season let me go ahead and um so I do want to do a missing person still. Okay, perfect. Um, this this case, this missing person case, is um, a minor. His mother and I have been in contact. Um, I know I know a lot more about his case than I am willing to to talk about. So his his name is Graham Freeman. And he's he's 16 years old. He was uh, he's from Pflugerville, Texas, and he's 5'11 and 160 pounds at the time of his disappearance. Now, he went missing um, September 9th, uh, 2023. He had a pink and purple spray ground backpack, um, and he has no tattoos or recognizable marks. Now, he was seen on camera at the end of September um, on a CCTV cam, so they do know as far as the end of September, as far as like September 30th, I believe, that he he is still still alive at that. Okay. Um, they believe that he is being held. If you see him, you ha- to call the Austin Police Department, or you can call this number at five one two nine nine zero six five four two. His mother has been like just working her ass off trying to find him and try to get him home so he's he's kind of he's kind of a priority case Mm -hmm. i know i've personally shared him before on my on my um social media but i will also put him on the nosy nancy's social media okay perfect well hopefully we can get some help for graham and his mom i think that's it that's for me that's it for me yeah i got nothing I got nothing. That was it. That was the big... uh... You heard it all. What a great first episode. I know. Right? Congratulations, us. (laughs) Yeah. Surprise. Look, with my abandonment issues, I'm surprised we've even gotten to uh, season two, to be honest. I know. It's because we we have that tough love for each other. (laughs) If you like our... (laughs) 
If you like our podcast, you can find us on uh, Facebook. It's Nosy Nancy's Podcast. Oh, yeah. We got a page. Yeah. Yeah, we got a page now. So that's also Nosy Nancy's Podcast. So you can please follow that page. That would be great. Follow the page. Join the group. There's no special instructions for the page. No. Oh, there's not. Um, We also have uh, an Instagram that's nosy nancy's a tiktok which is nosy nancy's podcast and we are working so we do have little we have little treats for people if they want to sign up for our patreon but we haven't got our patreon up yet (laughs) we're we're in the works on things but we beg your patience and your pardon but it's coming soon yeah, the Patreon's coming soon, and I think, Jazz, you're working on the website, right? I'm working on a website with a tentative uh, running date of, I don't know. I mean, hey, we're honest. Yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't say that we're not. Yeah. If you do have any questions, if you do need to get in touch with us, we have a little bit of resources that we can help you with. Not a lot, but we do have a teeny tiny smidge of resources. So if you have somebody that, you know, you know that's missing or if you know of a cold case um, somewhere, anywhere, like, I I don't mind. Please, please, like, email us. Let's let's get the Mm -hmm. word out. Um, But our email is uh, nosynancies at gmail.com. That's N-O-S-E-Y-N-A-N-C-I-E-S at gmail.com. And we're always looking for, like, you know, feedback or, like, uh, or a, a love note. Whatever you want to, whatever you want to Whatever you want to send, us, you wanna send, send our us. way, go ahead. Yeah. We'll look at it. Yeah. I have a hard time anyway. understanding. <laughs> yeah. That's it. All right. Well, uh, congratulations. And congratulations. welcome back. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! (laughs) I think I just swallowed a bug. God! Oh my god, is that a sign? Is that the devil trying to possess me? Oh my god. This is all. This is the day of the dead. This is the day of the dead. I'm being possessed. Oh Jesus. Y'all, we'll we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. (laughs) Stay tuned. (laughs) Ciao. Say la vie, man.